Beep, 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 okay. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners, to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I'm one of your hosts, Wendy, which you probably know, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Melissa, right over there. And by over there, I mean on the other side of the continent. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, so this week, listeners, we are once again going to talk about some movies that we enjoyed and some other things that brought us joy, because it's all about joy in this post-pandemic world of ours. We. <laughs> so, Melissa, would you like to kick us off this week? What, what did you watch this week that brought you joy? Oh my God, Wendy, I went to the theater. What? I went to the theater? No. And... And I saw what across the Spider Verse. <gasps> I still haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's so good! Oh my god, Wendy, it's so good. Now, dear listeners, I am sick to death of superhero movies, as are many of you, I imagine. Mm. Um, we've talked about the Marvel superhero fatigue a lot, yeah, uh, over the last several years, but the Spider Verse movies are great. and i think the second one might even be better than the first one and the first one was pretty fucking great so literally just rewatched the first one a couple weeks ago oh you're gonna love the second one so much wendy um Mm. the second one it centers mostly on spider gwen which we all love which we all love we love that sort of thing here but also um especially wendy go see it in the theater and dear okay. listeners, go see it in the theater. It is one of those movies you want to experience in the theater because it's worthwhile being trapped with it in a dark box. Uh, <laughs> but also, every single shot of the movie is designed for that moment. The art style shifts from moment to moment. The uh, There are a whole pastiche of animation styles. If you see in the first movie, you kind of know... Uh, what it's like, but this is even more uh, frenetic and like each character, like each version of Spider-Man has their own style of animation and making those dovetail together is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it is the antidote for all the super smooth CGI animation that we've had over the last 20, 25, 30 years. It is... Yeah gorgeously made it is so intentionally made the story is great uh the characters have room to grow and breathe and it trusts the audience to keep the fuck up 
<laughs> it is <laughs> so good. It is so good. And for the super nerds out there, you'll you will find all the delightful little Easter eggs because there's Easter eggs everywhere in this thing. It's amazing. And uh yeah, yeah, and they pull in the most obscure various Spider-Man uh, corner universes like my favorite thing is spider punk spider punk appears in this thing uh voiced Ooh. by john boyega <laughs> nice in, in full-on like 80s punk rock uh cockney slang mode it's fantastic so dear listeners please 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 go to a theater and give Sony your money. I know Sony doesn't need more money, but they they're making these really great Spider-Verse movies. And uh be warned, this Across the Spider-Verse is the part 1 of a part 2. Oh. You know, beyond, yeah, Beyond the Spider-Verse comes next year, I believe, like spring of next year. But you will be so anxious for the third one. They're queued up and ready to go. It is it is so good. Dear listeners, I really, really loved it. It's one of the best things I've seen this year. It is it, so it's a sort of it's a sort of filmmaking that makes me so happy. It, it gives me all the lady boners, you know, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying it's a cliffhanger or is it just obviously setting up the next bit of the story? It's a bit of a cliffhanger. The uh there is it does end on a sensible story beat, but the the action is ready to go as soon okay, as the so next more, movie starts. More um Empire Strikes Back or Back to the Future 2? I'd say Empire Strikes Back well, it's somewhere between Empire Strikes Back and Two Towers. You know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It's good ass- though. Oh, it's I'm good. assuming that all of the voice talent came back because Oh yeah. Because those the voice acting was so great. Everyone has been working on this thing. Like, everybody is there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun picking out the, uh, the cameos. And there's even, like, a couple of live-action cameos that are dovetailed in there. It's pretty great. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I am... Um, I have been... Okay, so it's no surprise. I've mentioned before, like, um, I have very little impetus to get out of the house. All of my needs are being met here, which is so weird because I'm an extrovert. Um, Mm -hmm. But we learned how to be extroverted during the pandemic, right? Right. Um, During lockdown. So, but I have been, and I'm, I don't know, nature is healing. I don't know, but I've been (laughs) getting the urge to go back out and see things in the theater. Good. So this could be good. This could be good. Um, Okay, so for me this week, um, we caught up with the, um, I believe it dropped on, was it Netflix? Uh, Ghosted, the new new Chris Evans uh, streaming feature. Okay. Which also has uh, Anna de Armas. She was the... um, she was Marta from Knives Out. Yep. Yeah. It's I love also, her. Yeah. And it's got uh, Adrian Brody and Amy mm-hmm. Sedaris and like, um, and some really choice, Melissa, some beautiful cameos. So, mm. so beautiful. Especially 
the sequence of the cameos. I do want to call that out. Now, um, so if you have somehow missed the trailer for this, um, it is uh, a man, Chris Evans, who is like a farmer's market farmer, uh, meet cute with a CIA assassin. Like this is <laughs> literally... <laughs> This is the first five minutes of the movie. Um, but he doesn't know because she's like, she's driving home, stops by the farmer's market. They have a thing. And then they end up having the most epic day long, night long date. And, um, but he's a little clingy and she kind of ghosts him, but he's like, no, I really felt like there was a connection. And they establish right off that he it loses things all the time. So he's got air tags on everything. <laughs> and one of his air tags ended up in her bag. And he's like, oh, look, she's in London. I know. I'll fly to London and surprise her. Because that's oh, not creepy at all. No, it is. It's totally creepy. And they do address it. Yeah, that. don't do that. They do address that. And it goes from there. And I want to be clear. Was it great surprising novel something to definitely know is it exactly the movie you think it is yes and is that a bad thing no especially when the two leads are this ridiculously charismatic mm -hmm. so um we watched it because we went over to hang out with luke and tony play some games drink some drinks let's let's sit and watch a movie it's the perfect movie for friends sitting on couches reacting having a chat right it's it's very much i mean should we start calling some of these movies like uh, like streamer the perfect streamer movie like it's the perfect movie to watch at home yeah yeah right? let's do it let, yeah. let us coin it let the streamer uh um i don't know uh i'll i'll think of a portmanteau giving me like Five minutes. Uh. Okay, I believe in you. <laughs> okay. And I mean, like the director is Dexter Fletcher. This is the guy who oh, did yeah. um, Kick-Ass and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, right? He's mm -hmm. got cred and like the action scenes are clear and fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend it, but like not as an effort thing, but as a, you know what? I just want to enjoy an action movie tonight. Mm -hmm. with a good solid five minutes of that was fantastic because there are a solid five minutes of that was fantastic i do want to be clear about that so yeah there you go ghosted awesome nice it's fun yay what's I like not it. to like yeah right um oh it's an apple original film we may have watched it on apple on okay apple tv plus sounds good sorry about that apple's been turning out some good stuff uh, they really have. Um, their series are, of course, amazing. Yeah. Um, their movies are more hit and miss, honestly. Like, I always mm. watch them and I never hate what happened, but they don't, they aren't as noteworthy as, like, right. For All Mankind and Ted Lasso and Chica mm -hmm. Chicago and um, Shrinking is on there now, although I haven't watched it yet. Mm, need to get to that. Mm. <laughs> so, um, Melissa, what yeah. brought you joy this week? It was a week full of joy. There were so many things. Okay, the baby birds in my backyard are getting big. 
They've got feathers now. Uh, Stockton Rush lies dead at the bottom of the ocean, and I'm happy about that. Yes. Bar Crawl was on Saturday. Dear listeners, there it's a, a bar crawl amongst friends here in Minneapolis. There's like 35 of us, and we get together once a year and do a bar crawl through Minneapolis. And this has been going on for 28 years, and that happened, and that made me happy. Uh, it was also, on that same day... Uh, Taylor Swift concert and Pride in Minneapolis. So it was, it was madness. <laughs> it was everything was happening. Uh, and also I had a cocktail uh, that had all these fruit juices plus fish sauce as the as the huh. the ingredient to just kind of give a little salt and umami to make it not so sweet. And that really worked well. And so just a bunch of small stuff has conspired to make me very happy today. Yay. I love that for you. I love that for you. Um, So for me, um, I had, it was sort of a just okay week, right? And that's fine. I want to be clear. But there have been a lot of boxes ticked off of yay. Um, uh, Claire, my friend Claire, had her mm-hmm. baby. baby, and um, so that was very exciting. And uh, and so I was one of the first people to get little pictures of the newest little larva. So, so cute. Um, and then um, when is this gonna air, Melissa? It's not gonna. It's no, it's fine. Um, it's so, Thursday. Then, yeah, uh, this Thursday. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't think Claire listens that regularly um because i spent the weekend working on little baby craft projects and i popped those in the mail today (laughs) so that made me happy and um uh cargill and jess got home from london where they were in they were in london for weeks uh for weeks for months uh for cargill Mm -hmm. to film his movie and now they're home again yay um but also uh we're so as i was looking at the itinerary for our Australia trip coming up this November. And one thing led to another. And I was reminded that Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, which is a series you can find on Prime listeners, Mm -hmm. is set in Melbourne. And I was like, do you know what? I am going to start rewatching Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries as my as my 20th anniversary trip pre-gaming. Because there's like three or four, I don't even know how many seasons. Um, it's an uh, it's a Australian New Zet New Zealand Australian show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's set in the twenties, so her clothes are fabulous. She is sexy. She is sassy. There is so much like seduction and flirting happening in every episode. She's very much <laughs> like, did you want? She's very, did you want a drink? Of course I do. Are you kidding me? And so, yeah, I vibe Miss Fisher so hard. So, listeners, <laughs> if you have not watched any Miss Fisher, I do recommend it, especially if you love like mm, those mm, those clothes, <sighs> that very Art Deco. Yeah, they do they do a really good job, and the supporting cast is lovely as well. I do like the supporting characters. I had forgotten. <sighs> so, yeah, Miss Fisher's. Mm. Wonderful. That sounds lovely, Wendy. I need yeah. to watch that at some point. I'm bad at <laughs> TV, though. 
Yeah, I am more doing TV these days, um, in -hmm. large part because, as we talked about, right, that superhero fatigue, which is kind of bleeding over into, like, just action fatigue. Mm, um, Fair. A little bit, because, like, I still haven't seen John Wick 4, and we know I love, I love John Wick, Mm -hmm. um, but I... I finally saw Quantum Mania, right? I'm slow to get to movies these days. Mm-hmm. And it feels like in part because there's not a whole lot of movies come out, coming out or that are hitting that aren't actioners in some way or another. And while they're fun, you know, I love me an action film, but like, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, I think there's just too much. So like when I was crafting on Sunday, what did I put on? I put on Coco and then Encanto. And then, by the <laughs> way, I finished it up later with Book of Life. So, um, <laughs> listeners, I do rec- recommend that uh, Latinx's, uh trilogy of films. <laughs> Unfortunately, Book of Life is not a Disney film. You're going to have to make more of an effort for that one. But right. Coco and Encanto, they are a good back-to-back. <sighs> I do wonder, though... <laughs> <laughs> book of life book of life makes a good uh bookend on that simply because it is not so much about generational trauma mm-hmm. like coco and encanto are right. um but all of them not all of them but both coco and book of life are about day of the dead right, right. and just yeah is it a trope that Latin families, like that family is the most important thing? I feel like that's a trope, but also it kind of is with Asian. Like, is it a cliche? Is it a stereotype? Is it problematic? Well, I, I think it's there. I mean, part of it is is a societal. I mean, that is part of how part of the values of those particular societies. But I mean... There is no such thing as an Asian society. There is a whole bunch of different societies within that umbrella. And, you know, that. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like every single Asian culture, you know, is family over everything or, you know, same with Latin American uh, societies. But uh, yeah, realistically, most Disney stories are about family in some way. Right. Well, yeah, they're kids movies. Yeah, so well, they're family they're family movies, I should say. So family movies, ergo <laughs> family. Yeah. Family. And I, honestly, family. Honestly, even as I'm ticking through my sort of Rolodex of films, like family is the basis of so many films or the basis mm-hmm. of the crisis in so many films, even like even in uh grown-up raunchy comedies, right? They're mm-hmm. like family remains uh, the central point of trauma in most of our lives. <laughs> uh, it's funny because well, it's in, true. I think in particular, uh, pandemic and forward, uh, I think we as a as a planet uh, started looking at family in a whole different way. Mm, yeah. Since the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I think that has been happening in the internet age as well, just in general, but especially since the pandemic. Yeah. Personal connection rather than 
versus digital connection or parasocial relationships with people you follow online, that sort of thing. Well, and um, I feel like TikTok, TikTok is, has accelerated. It's because yeah. um, it's it's YouTube on steroids, but it's even easier, right? That's mm-hmm. why it's on steroids. It's even easier to start sharing glimpses into your life and to see glimpses into others. And it's really easy for people to just hop on real quick and go, oh, here's how my trauma is manifesting today. <laughs> and And it's rather than like how much harder it and and with the algorithm and with the for you and that it just shows up like it is put in front of your eyes right Mm -hmm. as opposed to youtube where you have to go looking or you i mean you put it on autoplay but the algorithm is so much different on tiktok um that i feel like this is really um it's accelerated the social media effect of just finding out how everybody is dealing with things right mm-hmm. and the algorithm feeds you what you interact with so it it does become an echo chamber but the echo chamber is still so large uh and giving you that sense of like i'm not the only one <laughs> well yeah and also you know we as a planet have over the last five ten years become really aware of our anxieties and traumas and how it impacts how we behave so Mm -hmm. anyway yes anyway Anyway. but uh that was an interesting digression (laughs) yeah very much so i also wanted to bring up before we left today um i also watched a movie um i can't remember what triggered something that you said wendy triggered this in me uh in my brain I watched last night a movie called Candisha, which is a 2020 movie, French, a horror film. And it's basically the plot of Candyman, except uh-huh. the the main characters are three teen girls in, I think it's Paris. They're French and they're in a city uh, of various ethnicities. And they are all graffiti artists, not from moneyed backgrounds, that sort of thing. And, you know, they have their own problems with family and et cetera, et cetera. But after one of the girls is attacked by her ex-boyfriend, she winds up summoning this Moroccan demon. Oh. <laughs> Long story. Kandisha, Aisha Kandisha is an actual Moroccan folklore figure, I think. Uh, it's hard to hard to describe, but, you know, it is, a, and outside of the movie, it is actually a Moroccan piece of mythology that there's this female demon who can be summoned, and once summoned, she takes vengeance upon a certain number of men, and then, you know, that, that answers her bloodlust, and then she goes away. So this girl who's been victimized winds up summoning this Moroccan demon who starts going through well first you know she nabs the ex-boyfriend yay but then starts picking through the men in these girls lives and so you know it's it's a question of you know who's gonna die next and you know how do they stop it and and all that but there's a really nice um, it's really nice to see 
non-Eurocentric mythologies come to play in this sort of this the society, which is very uh, there. There are a lot of diff- different ethnicities and religions and so on and so forth. And like these girls are, uh, one of them's Muslim, and they try to talk to him a ma'am and he refuses to talk to them and you know they're they're searching around how, how do you get answers about this moroccan folk demon <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's so it's uh it, it's it's very female-led it is uh it is euro horror but also not entirely eurocentric it's uh it's very, very interesting, I thought. Um, it's not overall a great movie, and uh, I'd be hard-pressed to say what it's missing, but it was always interesting. What and did, so Wendy, how did how did I lead you to, like, what you said, something I said? I I, I think it, I, maybe it was the stuff about familiar, familial generational trauma, because there's definitely a lot of that in Candisha. Uh, yeah. Ah, is it on yeah. Shutter? Where'd you watch it? It is on Shutter. Okay, it is on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Well. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll I'll put that on our list for this week too. Woohoo! Woot woot! Well, listeners, um, this has been a wandery sort of episode, and I'm glad yes. that you got to the end with us. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the end. We got there together. Good job. Yay. So Yay. listeners, um, as always, it's so lovely that you tuned in to listen to Melissa and I uh, ramble a little bit about movies, but also about, um, you know, the state of the world, but also trying to find that joy in the world. And we hope that you'll come back next week as well. So until then, I have been one of your co-hosts, Wendy, joined as always by the inimitable Melissa right over there. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com Follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. It sounded like you had an air conditioner on your head.